Well, I'd like to welcome you all here this morning. We'll begin the service. We'll sing number 182, Is Thy Heart Right with God? Number 182.
<clears throat> the song that we just sung there should be a question that each and every one of us are asking ourselves today and taking that to the Lord to see if that is a reality in our life. Is thy heart right with God? Dost thou count all things for Jesus but lost? And is thy heart right with God? Art thou now walking in heaven's pure light with that new birth, that new spirit? Are you walking with that hope and that peace and that love? Is thy soul wearing the garment of white that he talks about that he'll give to those that put their full faith and trust in them? That garment of white, that garment that that bride is adorned with that bride of the church of Jesus Christ, the true church, the spiritual church, the bride that will be connected with him, that he will come and receive, and that bride that he will be able to take into eternal life with Jesus Christ. And that's what we can be seeking for today. We can have, not only just seeking for it, that we can have it, we can know it, and we can understand it in our own heart, in our own life, that we can be a part of that. And then we can be assured of that eternal life. And there's no other way, friends, but through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. No other way. We can't do it on our own. We'll never be able to do it on our own. But if we put our full faith and trust in Him, we will be able to see victory. And that's what I want to encourage each and every one of us in today. And to think about some of the things. Think about what he has done for us so that we can have victory. God sent his son here for us. And he overcame everything so that we can be able to overcome sin. We can be able to overcome Satan if we want, to be, if we want those things to happen. But you know... If we aren't careful, we can be deceived into something that is not where, we, where God would have for us to be. I was talking to someone recently, a friend of mine. We were having a conversation about the work of God and the things. And you know, he just brought this up to me. He says, you know, what is so fearful to me is there are so many people that I see throughout my family and wherever that feels like that they are in a saved condition. But they're not walking that way. They're not living it. They're not, the fruits of the Spirit are not there. And he said, you know, the things that they're doing, he says it's obvious that they, he said, or he says, I don't really know if they have salvation. And that's a sad thing. That's something that I want each and every one of us to look into today for ourselves and know whether or not we have salvation. But I can tell you, this book says, By their fruits you shall know them. And if the fruits are not there, if you are not living a godly and a, wor and a life without the worldly pleasures and things that will lead us away, Something is wrong. So let's look at those things. I'd like to read some, and let's talk about some of that today. And I'd like to read some, first of all, in Proverbs. There's a lot of good in, these things, in this book, in the Proverbs. 
And a lot of things that we should really take heed to. And I'll turn here to the 16th chapter of Proverbs. And we'll read there some. I may go through it fairly quick. But I just want to read what he has to say about man and some of the things here. How we need to be living our life and looking to. He says, The preparations of the heart in man. And the answer of the tongue is from the, from the Lord. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes. But the Lord weigheth the spirits. Now that can be, and that's kind of what I was talking about, or what my friend was talking about. That people looked upon themselves with their own eyes, that they were clean. But what is God looking upon ourselves? He says, but the Lord weigheth the spirits in each and every one of us, not us. Now what is our life and what are, how are we living it? And do we have that connection there with Jesus Christ? Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. And that's what every one of us must do is commit our life to Jesus Christ. Commit this body. Commit our works unto Him. He says, The Lord hath made all things for Himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. Every one that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. And he's talking about, look, those that are proud in our own life, those that are proud in what we are, a proud life, a proud mind, not feeling like that we have to have Jesus Christ, not feeling like that I have to live in accordance with how He would have me to live, but I know what is good. He says a proud heart is an abomination unto the Lord. An abomination is the worst thing that can happen. That is what God despises, is anything that He creates or He says is an abomination to Him. He despises those things. And He says there is no abomination that will enter into the kingdom of God. And He says though join hand in hand, he shall not be unpunished. Those with that type of mind, those that are not following God, will be punished with that everlasting condemnation that we have talked about and read about recently. But by mercy and truth, inquiry is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. And we can all depart, get that evil way out of our life, by putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And that's what I'm, I point you, each and every one of us, that we can depart from evil and live a righteous life through the blood of Jesus Christ. Not on your own, but through Him. When a man ways shall please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues without right. And just be seeking that, that he, what he's saying there, that the thing that we need to be looking for is just having righteousness within us. And he will give us all the other things that we need here in this life. A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. A divine sentence is in the lips of the king. His mouth transgresseth, not in judgment. A just weight and balance 
are the Lord's. All the weights of the bag are His work. It is an abomination to the to kings to commit wickedness, for the throne is established by righteousness, and that would be in any leader and wherever whatever God has placed you into. He says it would be an abomination to leaders, to leaders of the church, to leaders of the community, to whatever it might be, all the way to the leaders of the nation that commit wickedness should be all setting forth the right and the proper example before others. Righteous lips are the delight of kings, and they love him that speaketh right. The wrath of a king is a messenger of death, but a wise man will pacify it. In the light of the king's countenance is life, and his favor is a cloud of the matter of the latter rain. How much better it is to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding rather to be, than to be chosen than silver. How much better it is to get wisdom. And he's talking about that righteous wisdom. That spiritual wisdom that comes through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what he says. How much better is it to have, be able to receive that kind of life, that wisdom and knowledge than to get all the gold of this world goes back to what the scripture says there if we gain the whole world and lose our soul what have we gained if we gain the whole world and lose our soul we have gained nothing and he just wants us to understand there that it's better to get wisdom spiritual wisdom than gold and to get understanding spiritual understanding of how it have for us to live our life than to be getting the chosen things of this world. The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. He that keepeth his way preserveth his soul. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before the fall. Keep those things in mind and watch. If we get that pride in our own self, of look who we are, look what we have done, he says that pride, that type thing, goes before destruction. And we will. We will see destruction. If not in this life, we will see it in, in the world to come. And the haughty spirit before a fall. Better it is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. He that handleth the matter wisely shall find good. And whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. And if we want true happiness and peace here in this life, where should we be looking for? Just look around and see. We can see people that is searching and looking and trying to do everything that they can here upon the earth and accomplish all things and get all the wealth that they can. And do you see, do you see that being in a happy state? In most cases there, they are not. They're miserable with their life in most cases. And they're constantly trying to do all that they can to be able to take care, to be able, they're afraid they're going to lose what they have, or they're afraid that something is going to happen and take it away, or they're constantly, this didn't satisfy them, so now they're trying something else. But he that findeth, 
handleth a matter wisely shall find good. And whosoever trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. If you want true happiness, true love, true mercy, seek Jesus Christ our Lord. The wise in heart shall be called prudent. And the sweetness of the lips increaseth learning. Understanding is a wellspring of life unto him that hath it. But the instruction of fools is folly. The heart of the wise teacheth his mouth and addeth learning to his lips. Pleasant words are as an honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. Pleasant words, the words of life. And that's what we're reading here today and talking about. The words of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Those are the pleasant things that can be just as sweet as honeycomb in our life. In our spiritual life. And it can be something health to the bone. Health to the spirit is what we should be looking for. That it can be growing spiritually. He that lay, There is a way that seemeth right unto man. But the end thereof are the ways of death. Now that's the, one of the verses that I wanted us to really read and think about today. Is what this verse just, that we just read. There is a way that seemeth right unto man. But the end thereof are the ways of death. And he's talking about the spiritual part. He's talking about there that some of the things that I was talking about in the very early part that my friend was discussing with me about. That's how that people looked upon themselves and they could see and they felt like that the way that they were living was right and it was okay. But it's a way of destruction. Eternal destruction. A way of death. A way that will lead to damnation. There is a way that seemeth right unto man. There is a way that is right unto God. And we need to seek Him out. And to know that that is what we are following. That it is His way. It's not the way of man. I want to be the end of my life to be eternal life. So I want to be sure that I am walking in the way of Jesus Christ and God the Father. I want to be sure that I understand that and I know that I can and I know you can because He's promised those things to us. But the end thereof will be eternal life for those. And we can avoid this thing, and he says, the end thereof are the ways of death. He that laboreth, laboreth for himself, for his mouth craveth it of him. An ungodly man diggeth up evil, and in his lips there is a burning fire. What is the fruits there of an ungodly person? He says here, an ungodly man diggeth up evil. An ungodly man is living in evil or in abomination to the word of God. 
And how can we feel like, well, I am in a saved condition, but I'm living in that type of a thing. A froward man soweth strife, and whisper separ- and a whisper separateth chief friends. A violent man enticeth his neighbor, and leadeth him into the way that is not good. He shutteth his eyes to devise froward things, moving his lips, he bringeth evil to pass. The hoary head is a crown of glory, if it be found in the way of righteousness. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a spirit taketh a city. He that is slow to anger, letting the Spirit of God control the raft within you, not being angry or not being upset over things that you have no control over. He says, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he that ruleth his spirit, and how can you rule your spirit righteously? Again, by the power of God. Not by your power, but by the power of God, His Spirit. And he that ruleth his spirit, then he that taketh a city. The lot is cast into the lap, and the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. It's all in the Lord's hand. And He knows your works. He knows your mind. He knows your thoughts. Are you willing to just place it all into His hands? Are you willing to be at one with Him today? Are you willing to know and understand what man's work is and what God's work is? And do you understand fully about that way that seems right unto man, but it will lead to your destruction spiritually? Do you understand that? Let's read some different places here today. Some that I think that will help us to understand a little bit about what the ways of man are and what Christ, what God is, looks upon in these things. And I'm going to read just a verse or two here and there in several different places here. And we'll start here in John, the Gospel of John, the seventh chapter of John. And read a little bit about what Jesus had to say here about some of the about what the works there of man were. And we'll start there. The seventh chapter, the Gospel of John, and we'll start here in the sixth verse. Then Jesus said unto them, My time is not yet come, but your time is always ready. The world cannot hate you, but me it hateth, because I testified of it, that the works thereof are evil. What's he talking about there? The world cannot hate you, but it hateth me. It hated Jesus. It hated his works. Why? Because what he had done here, he came here and his works and his preaching and teaching was condemning 
the evil works in man. It was bringing them forth and it was showing that the evil works in man, just as he said, that the works there are of evil, the works of the world. And when he's talking about the works of the world, he's talking about anyone who has not received that new birth. And all the things that Satan, the prince of the world, has there that he is using to try to deceive all the people of the world, even the righteous. He is there trying to deceive them with his wicked and evil works. The world cannot hate you, he says. The world cannot hate his brother, their brothers that he was talking about. They did not believe in Jesus. And he said there, my time has not yet come. But your time is always ready. The things of the world, the people of the world, they are there. They are always continuing to walk in that. And he says, the world cannot hate you. But me it hated because I testified of the evil works of the world that the works thereof are evil. Now that's the works of man. That's the works of each and every one of us without His Spirit. That's where if you have that new birth today, that's where you were at one time and you know and understand that. And you know now that you have that new birth that birth of the new spirit, that birth that you receive by repenting of your sins and asking Jesus Christ to be your Savior. But the works of the world are evil. That is the works of man. What are we going to, what will we choose? What do we want? Do we want eternal life? Or do we want eternal hell? That's a question that every one of us have to ask. Because it will be one of the two. That's where we will stand before God. And stand before Jesus. And we will be judged to eternal life or eternal hell. And we can make that choice today. That's what we, we want to see. And to think about these things. Think about what we're talking about here. About the evil works of man without the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. And that's, that's what it's going to be. I don't care how good you think you are or how good you think that you are living your life it is nothing but filthy rags to God. And without the Spirit of Holy Ghost, you will not be able to enter into the kingdom of God. And that only comes by repenting of our sins and full faith and trust in Him. And you think about that bride... That beautiful and that wonderful bride that he has brought together, his church. Do you think that that bride there, that if she's ready to go, ready to be a part of the wedding and go just a day or two before, that she is to meet her husband and she is a righteous and a beautiful bride? 
Do you think that her mind is out here on the things, on the people that she used to be involved in, her previous boyfriends or whatever, that that is what she has on her mind and she's wanting to be a part of? So why would we, if we are a part of the truth today, if we are a part of the spiritual tribe, bride, do we would feel like that we are still all our mind and all of our desire is back into the old life? Do you see what he's asking? He's asking for that bride to be pure. Pure with the Spirit. And letting the Spirit keep you that way. And be at one. And to be able to be joined with Him. With God in eternity. I want to turn over now to James, to the fourth chapter of James. Read a few verses there. We'll just start there at the first verse of the fourth chapter of, of James. From whence cometh wars and fightings among you? Are they not hence, even of your lust that war in your members? Ye lust and have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. And that's what he's talking about. You've got all kind of wars going on in your mind, in your body, warring against Satan but you aren't able to overcome it. Why? Because he says you ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own lust. That you haven't got that out of your life yet. You are still wanting to just to have the worldly things in your mind and in your lifestyle. And that's what you're asking for and to doing these things. And he says, you have all these, it's warring in you, the war of Satan and the war of the Spirit. You're trying to hold on to both and it will not work. That's why you do not have what you're asking for. That's why you don't have the power over sin is what he's talking about. You adulterers and adulteress, know you not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Now what's he talking about again? The world. That is what man looks upon as the way of right. That that is right. It is okay for me to live in this type of lifestyle. It's okay for me to, to just whatever I want to do. It doesn't matter if it just feels good to me. I am able to go out there and do it. But what was he saying? He says, you adulterers. And adulterers, those that are not true to the Spirit of the Holy Ghost, those that are not true to what the gospel of Jesus Christ, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. The, being the friend of the world, that you are no different from the people of the world. There has to be a difference in the righteous and the people of the world. And when I say the people of the world, I'm saying the unsaved. I'm saying those that have not received the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. Those that have not accepted Jesus Christ. 
the friendship of the world, the pride of life, all of these things that goes along with that, the lust of the flesh. That's what he's talking about. That's what he says up there. You've received it not because you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your own lust, you adulterers and adulteress. Know ye not that the friendship of this world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore shall be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. That's very plain words there, my friends. You can't get any plainer than that. If that's what, we're, what our life is all about, is how can I entertain this body and how can I be involved in all the things of this world, it doesn't matter, and go back and just look and see. The places you go, the things you say, the things you do, how you dress your body, is it that, you, that it will bring and make you look like that you are following the Lord? Or are these things that you're doing, does it make you look more worldly? And what does he say about that? What about the worldly look? What about the worldly actions? All of these things is what he's saying right here. He says, that is an enemy to God. And he says, if you are a friend to that, it is an enemy of God. These are his words. This is words that he's had printed for us to be able to read and to see. Do you want to believe it? Or do you want to just say, oh, this is just old-fashioned. This is the things that we, this is a new time. We can live in whatever way we want to. It's just however I see fit, that's the way I can live. And I'm going to be okay. And that's that broad road that leads to destruction. Let's put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and let's live. Do you think that the Scripture saith in vain, the Spirit dwelleth in us, lusteth to envy? But He giveth more grace. And that old Spirit does it, lust to everything of the world. But He giveth more grace. God the Father and Jesus Christ of that new spirit giveth grace, giveth power. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud and giveth grace unto the humble. Those that have humbled themselves. Those that have submitted to him. Not submitted to this body and to this life. But those that have submitted to God the Father through Jesus Christ. He will give more grace more power, that you will be able to overcome Satan in every situation. There is not one situation that you will be tried that Satan will be able to overcome you if you will use the Spirit. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Isn't that something to think about? Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. And purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning. And your joy into heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you 
up. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord by getting that haughty spirit, that pride out of your life. Getting the lust out of your life. Humble yourself and accept Jesus. Suffer whatever it might be here that you receive, that you suffer the loss. But in the end, be saved. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Do you want to be lifted up out of that miry clay? Do you want to be lifted up out of sin? That's what he's talking about. Lift you up out of sin and to righteousness. Lift you up on that straight and narrow road that leads to everlasting life. Lift you up in assurance of eternal life by the blood of Jesus Christ. Let's turn to Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians, 1st chapter. We'll start reading at the 23rd verse, first chapter, 1 Corinthians. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. And that's what a lot of people throughout the world today would tell you the things that is preached that we would be preaching and talking about today is just foolishness instead of it being the words of God. And they'll say, you, well, you don't have to live that way. All you've got to do is say that I believe and I am saved. But this is where, let's go on and read here. But unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. And that's whoever we might be today. It doesn't matter where you come from, what your name is, or how old or young, or whatever it might be. He says, for the Jews, um, but unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. And we can know Him. And we can have that within us. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty and not many noble are called. And when we look upon that and we are proud in the flesh, he says not many of those are called. We've got to get and humble ourselves and we've got to get that pride out. And the only way we can do that is by submitting to Jesus Christ. And then we can know that He is the power and the wisdom of God is all right before us and can be in us. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are. Listen to that. 
the things of the world, the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound them which are mighty. They don't understand these things. They're wise in their own mind. They are mighty in their own works. And God's work is just very plain and to the point and right there before us all if we'll accept it. And base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Now that is the thing there. The flesh doesn't glory in the presence of the Lord. Look around. The people of the world, does not, they don't glory in, in wanting to follow him because they're in the flesh. The Spirit is what we... God is a Spirit and we must worship Him in Spirit. And we must glorify Him. But of Him are ye in Christ Jesus. Are you in Christ Jesus today? Fully, holy, who of God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness that we've been able to receive that wisdom and righteousness that we were talking about earlier today, that that's what we're desiring more than gold, more than silver, but the wisdom and knowledge of righteousness within ourselves so that then we can have that grace, that power of God to overcome and live a life of righteousness within Him. who of God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. He that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord, in the work of the Lord. Let's turn over to the next page there to the second chapter and read a few words there in the second chapter of 1 Corinthians. Starting there, at the 10th verse. But God hath revealed unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Now is that what we're looking for today? Searching the deep things. Searching out His will to be done in us. Not our will, but searching out what is God's will. For what man knoweth, the things of a man, say the spirit of man which is in him, even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. And that's what will be directing us. He's telling us very plain and clear there. There is two spirits. There's the spirit of man and there's the spirit of God. The spirit of man is evil. And he says, okay, now what man knoweth the things of man? Save the spirit of man which is in him. That's going to direct the unjust. That is what is directing the unrighteous and the evil. The spirit of man that comes from the prince of the world, Satan. But then he says, even so, save the spirit of man which is in him, even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. 
We cannot understand God's work. We cannot understand any of it except through the Spirit of God. And that's the only way. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world. We have received that new birth, he says. You have. He was writing to these people and letting them know, encouraging them. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, that we might know how to live our life. We might know all of this because it is freely given to us of God through His Son, Jesus Christ, that came here and died on the cross and paid for your sins. It is freely given. The knowledge and righteousness that He has to offer to you is freely given to us of God. If you don't have that understanding, if you don't feel like you have that, go back and read what James said. You ask amiss. You're asking that you want to have these things so that you can have it because of your own lust for it. But you need to be seeking it because you want to be righteous and you want to be there with Jesus Christ. Which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Now what does man, go back to the very beginning here today, he says, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth. Man's wisdom does what? Leads to destruction. And that's what he's telling us here. To avoid that, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual, not the worldly things. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. That natural man without that new birth. That's the ways of man. And what does he say? He says they do not receive the things of the Spirit of God. They do not receive that knowledge and understanding of, the, of righteousness. But they're foolishness to him. You see, he talked about it in another place. The things of God is foolishness to man. And neither can they know them. Because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Do you have that in you today? That's the question. Do you have the mind of Christ dwelling richly within you today? Are you willing to just lay it all aside and to put it into the hands of this man here, Jesus Christ? The way of man leads to destruction. It seems right unto man. 
He thinks I am doing good. But it's not the righteous works of God. And it will lead to destruction. I want to turn to 1 John. Read a few verses there in 1 John. This will be in the second chapter, 1 John. We'll start reading there at the 12th verse, second chapter, 1 John. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because you have known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because you are strong. And the word of God abideth in you and ye have overcome the wicked one. Now listen carefully. He's to the, John was just writing to all these different people, these groups of people. But what was he telling them all about how they had been able to overcome because they have known the Father. They had that spirit within them. And then he goes into this and he says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. You see again, he's just going back and these are the things there that man seems like it's right and I can live in all of these things. This is what goes out throughout the world today. Just look around. The lust of the flesh. See how people are just desiring things that can be favorable to this flesh instead of desiring that spirit, desiring the righteousness of God and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. He says, is not of the Father. Now can that be in us, in the righteous? We've got to get that out if that's the case. He says, no. He says, but is of the world. Now, again, that goes back to the ways of man seems right. These things here, this has been going on all the way since the beginning of time. Practically, it has been in man. Why? Because that's the nature, the spirit of that of Satan that is the that has and controls the spirit that man has before he repents. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Now that's what I want us all to think about. He said all of these things here, the world will pass away, the lust there in it, all the things that we have lusted after, all the things that we have held so great in our life. He says they will pass away. For the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God, not the will of man, he that doeth the will of God, abideth 
forever. Abideth where? In that new city, that new Jerusalem. In that eternal place with God the Father and all the righteous. Little children, it is the last time. And as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. And they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. Now there has to be a division between the righteous and the world. There has to be a division. You cannot compromise with the things of the world. You cannot compromise with a doctrine of the world. Doesn't matter how close it might be or coming from how close it might be to you. You cannot compromise. Righteousness will not compromise with Satan. But remember, the world passeth away and all the lust and all the things in it. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Isn't that wonderful to think about? That we can have all of us. We can have that today. And we can be a part of that and be at one with Him. I want to turn back just a couple of pages there to Peter in the second, second Peter. Second Peter. Second chapter. Twelfth verse, we'll start there. But these as natural brute beasts, made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness, as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime. Spots they are, and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings, while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery, and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, and heart they have exercised with covenant practice, cursed children. And again, that's the way of man. And that's what he's talking about there. Man without the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. Man that has not repented is what he's talking about which have forsaken the right way and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bozar, who loveth the wages of unrighteousness. Now is that what it look around throughout the world today, and we can see that that is that worldly mind. They love the wages of unrighteousness. They love to live in sin. They love darkness. That's why they hate the light. They hate the light of Jesus Christ. And the people today, you go out and you try to teach and to preach these things, and they'll say, you hate people. You are a hater. I'm not a hater. I'm telling you these things because of the love that God has and the love that Jesus has and the love that I have for you that you might repent of your sins, each and every one of us, and know and be on that road to eternal life. 
That's what I want each and every one of us to be a part of and not be a part of anything but that, but to be a part of eternal life with Jesus Christ and God the Father. That's what I want us, everyone, each and every one, to be a part of those things. I want to turn over to the third chapter of Revelations and read some there and just show the mercy of God and what He, what he is asking people to do or what He showed and what He asked people, how He asked for them to live and to overcome certain things. And I want to start here. Let's start... We'll start reading in the third chapter there. I want to start at the 14th verse. The 14th verse. We'll start there first. I want to show you, look at what was taking place here. And the angel of the church of Laodicea, and unto the angel of the church of Laodicea and write, These things saith the Amen and faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. These things, this is what the angel was telling the church there. This is what Jesus was telling the church there. The angel, the minister that was there, of what was going on. And he says there that the faithful and true witness in the beginning of the creation of God. It was God in Christ there that was given this information. And he was just, now I'm going to tell you about you Laodiceans. I'm going to tell you how you, what your true spiritual life is and what it, what it appears before God as. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot, I would thou wert cold or hot. He says, I know your works. You are pretending to be a part of the work of God. But he says, I know you. I know what you are doing. And you're not following me. You are not cold or hot. You are just going through life proclaiming to be a Christian, but you have no idea of where you are spiritually and you are not walking in any place where you should spiritually so then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold or hot I will spew thee out of my mouth and that's what Jesus was telling these people he said you're not in the condition that you should be you're not walking you are just lukewarm and that could be some of us right here in this church today and I'd say it is some. That you're just going along thinking, okay, I'm okay. But in the eyes of God, you're not. In His eyes, you are lukewarm. If you aren't up, right up with your work and living the way and getting the things of the world out of your mind and the righteousness of God within your spirit, and that's what's directing you. And it was not in these people. And he says, I'm going to spew you out. Just like that he was going to vomit up something that we had there that was not good or that he had. He was vomited up and getting it out of him. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Now hear what he says. He says, you don't understand the condition you're in. You say that you're rich 
and increased with goods, kind of like those people I was talking about there earlier, a friend was saying, is that they feel like that they are saved, but they are not living it. He says, you have need of nothing. We don't need the Lord. We don't need to live how He's, what the righteous are saying that we need to do. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. And I think that's one of the hardest things in the world is to try to convince someone that feels like they're saved, but you know and by their works you see that they are not. Because they, Satan has them so deceived. And that's what he was telling them here. He says, you think that you've got those things. But, and knowest not that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. You're naked spiritually. Your sins are exposed. Now listen now what he tells them. He has told them and he's brought these things right down to them. Now he's going to tell them something and give them, listen carefully to what he was telling them. I cancel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire. Spiritual knowledge and understanding is what he's talking about. I cancel you to buy of me that. Gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, that you might be spiritual rich by having that spiritual gold that you are seeking after. Spiritual wisdom and knowledge. He wasn't talking about natural gold. He's talking about the spiritual things that is worth more than all other things here upon the earth. And white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with thine eye salve, that thou mayest see. What he's saying is, look, put away the things of this world. Come to me. Ask, and you shall receive. And he says there that you must be rich in white raiment. He says now, I counsel thee to buy of me, to come to me and ask, pray, beg, for, ask for forgiveness, repent, that thou mayest be clothed, that you might be clothed with that white raiment that we'll read a little other about here in a moment. That white raiment, that spirit of the Holy Ghost, They'll cover and take away those sins that you won't be you'll be adorned with that. And anoint thine eyes with eye salve that they may thou mayest live. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, be zealous therefore and repent. Now look here, he started out in the very beginning just telling them what bad shape they were in. But he didn't stop there, and he went on, and then he told them how they could get out of that. And that's what he's talking to us about today. If you're in that condition, he's telling you how to get out of it. Repent. He says, I chasten and rebuke those that I love. Be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh. Now listen, he says, I'm there at the door. And knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, he's knocking. 
He's knocking on the door for you. If you will open up to him and repent, he says, I will come to you. And I will sup with you and him with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to set with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Friends, that should be so encouraging to each and every one of us here today. Of what, the, what we just read. Of how he totally condemned this group of people. But he didn't cast them off. His love was so great that he told them about these things and then he turned right around and told them how that they could overcome. How that they could get that white raiment. And now he says, he that uses that, and he that hears what I have said and follows it, he, that to him that overcometh by following my words, I will grant unto him to set with me in my throne to be with him forever and ever. Isn't that wonderful to think about? How wonderful that is. Let's go to the first verse in this same chapter. First verse of the third chapter. And unto the angel of the church of Sardis write these things. These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest and art dead. Here again, he's bringing this right to their attention. I know your works. You've got people look around and they look at you and they say, yes, their people are working and walking with him. But he says, you're dead. I know thy works. Thou hast a name that thou livest and art dead. He's not talking about spiritual death. I mean, natural death. He's talking about the spiritual part. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found thy works perfect before God. One of the others there, he told them that they had lost their first love. And I believe that's kind of what he's talking about here. He says, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found thy works perfect before God. Look to him. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Thou hast a few names even in Sardis which has not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. They have that white raiment. He says there's a few that hadn't defiled that garment. There's a few that is there walking upright. But he was just warning those that you have a name that you're alive, but you're dead spiritually. And then he goes on and he starts to tell them. And he tells them those others there have that white garment that's covered, that's taken away those sins, that they are not, their sins are not naked and exposed. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name 
before my Father and before His angels. Isn't that wonderful? Now look, here he just chastened and rebuked, and he told them there's some that's got that white raiment, and I believe there's some here today that has that. I believe there's some that need to move up. And listen to what he says there. Now he that overcometh, he that hears his word, and overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. That same white raiment that those that he just said, they had not defiled their garment. And they had that white raiment. And this is the one. And he says, now if you overcome and you hear my words, he says, I'm going to leave your name written in the Lamb's book of life. And at the end of time when that book is opened, your name is there in the Lamb's book of life because you have overcome Satan by the power of God. And you will be able to enter into everlasting life. But he says, now, if you don't do these things, basically what he's saying there, I'm going to turn it around. If you don't do those things, he that does not overcome, does not listen to, will not be clothed with that white garment, and their name will be blotted out of the book of life. You have a choice. Which do you want to do? But I will confess His name before the Father and before His angels. He will confess you. He is there praying and teaching. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And unto the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true. He that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, thou hast, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee, because thou hast kept the word of my patience. I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell on the earth. I will keep them, he says. These people were walking upright. They were walking in accordance to his spirit. And he says, because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast. Know that no man take thy crown. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down from out of heaven from my God. And I will write upon him my new name. Him that overcometh. And all we've got to do to overcome is accept Jesus Christ. And then live. Let the Spirit direct us. Walk as He walked. That's what His commandment is. 
He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And I hope in each and every one today has that ear of righteousness that you are able to hear and understand. And if you don't, have, if you don't understand it all, don't sit back and wait. Say, I will move forward. I will accept Him. I will hear Him. I will repent and move to victory with Him. Have those ears to hear the spiritual things. Look and see what the love, do you see what the love that he, we just, he just read about? Now there is a broad road that leads to destruction. And he says many there will be on that. But he says there is a straight gate and a narrow road that leads to life eternal. And he says, few there will be that travels that. Because men love darkness. Friends, I point you to Jesus Christ. I point you to this. Repent. Lay aside the things of this world. The things that may look right to you, examine them. Let God examine them in you. So that you know and understand that if it's a way of man, cast it aside and walk in the way of Jesus Christ and see victory in the end. We will sing number 194, Prepare to Meet Thy God. And I believe that's, I know that's what He's asking for each and every one of us to do, is to prepare to meet Him because we will. And it may be sooner than we think, but prepare to meet Him. And if there may be somebody here today that might would like to make that commitment public, come forward. Don't let Satan keep you back. Come forward and make that commitment to prepare to meet your God. We'll sing number 194.
and every one to consider all that has been said today and to think about this song that we just sung prepare to meet thy God because there's not a soul in here that will not meet him every single one of us is going to stand at some point before God do you want to stand with confidence that you have accepted Jesus Christ and you have had that new birth or do you want to stand there naked exposed your sins and be cast into hell. Prepare to meet your God. If you spurn the invitation, till the Spirit shall depart. It's a serious thing. Then you'll see your sad condition. Unprepared to meet thy God. We each and every one have the opportunity today to meet him now and see victory. Let us pray. To God the Father, I come to you today And I thank you for the message that you have given to us today. First of all, I wanted to apply it right to myself. And I want to walk closer to you. And I want to be in a condition I can encourage others and lead them to you. God, I ask you to be with everyone that is struggling today to prick their heart that they may see only one way out 
and that's through the blood of Jesus Christ. That they can see how wicked man is and how undone man is in their condition, in their own condition. And know that you have salvation. You have peace. And you have love and you have joy. God, show us what we can do to encourage others. And I ask you to be with us in the upcoming days to strengthen us. And we ask these things all in Jesus' name. Amen.